Hello, it's David here, and thank you again for listening to the Leader Coronavirus Daily. Please do subscribe and share us through your podcast provider. And if you can, give us a rating too. It helps us a lot in growing the show. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is the Leader Coronavirus Daily. Hi, I'm David Marsland. Test and trace begins, but does anyone know what that means? The Health Secretary, Matt Hancock, said to me he's going to call on people's civic duty, but he says it's there. We don't need to call on it so much as just help it. Our political editor, Joe Murphy, and what the new rules are and how they'll be enforced. And... It's a hugely calming task, and also, now that they're at home more, there's just more opportunity to try it. The Evening Standard's Naomi Ackerman has since revealed what the nation's really been up to during lockdown. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is the Leader Coronavirus Daily. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, track and trace explained. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Boris Johnson calls it whack-a-mole, the test and trace system that'll find coronavirus in the UK and smack it down as fast as possible. A vast rapid response team has been set up to find people showing symptoms and all those they've been in contact with to make sure they self-isolate. It's possible that as the country comes out of lockdown, local areas, even single apartment blocks, could be put back into it. Our editorial column hopes it'll deliver a knockout blow to COVID-19, but it does have an issue. If the government now has the capacity to test, trace and isolate people with the virus, then we will have to follow the rules or it won't work. But does anyone know what they are? What's allowed and what isn't? When are schools coming back? Is it illegal now to drive to Wales? And why is none of this being explained in a systematic way? Of course it's hard for governments to be certain. Scientific advice keeps changing and there's always a balance to find between the risk to health and the threat to jobs and liberty. But other countries seem to be coming out of lockdown with more clarity and a steadier process. It would be better if the government felt able to be more honest about such dilemmas and more focused in setting out its response to them. Lots of us would like to do the right thing. If only we knew what it was.
Our political editor, Joe Murphy, is with me now. And Joe, test and trace sounds very ambitious. How's it going to work? Oh, this is potentially, David, the launch of a very new an exciting era. Um, just incidentally, you might remember this used to be called Test, Track and Trace, or Track and Trace. Well, they've dumped the word track, um, and the reason for that is quite interesting. They focus group tested it, and they found that people thought tracking sounded like the government was going to be following them around, especially using their phone to track their movements. And actually, it's nothing like that. So this is a huge operation. You're looking at 25,000 what they call contact tracers, who are the people that uh, you'll speak to and interact with as members of the public. But in addition, you're looking at several thousand doctors and nurses. Many of them are retired people who've come back as volunteers, perhaps too old um, or too vulnerable to work on the front line in hospitals. And you've got 20,000 bureaucrats in addition, in the background, trying to make it all work. So you're looking at a total of about 50,000 people. This is an army of um, officials that didn't exist two months ago. That is a huge number of people, but I wonder if a problem might be enforcing this and making sure that people are staying at home if they have uh, if they are showing infection or if they know somebody who is showing the infection. I know what you're getting at. You're wondering... What happens if people pick up the phone and one of these contact tracers says, David, we happen to believe that you've been in close proximity to somebody who has tested positive to coronavirus or is symptomatic, and you reply, well, Dominic Cummings didn't stay at home. (laughs) Why should I? And that is potentially a problem. Um, If it turns out to be a problem... Um, then there are fines and the powers to do spot checks at your home. But I'm told by officials that these powers are going to be very much kept locked away because the belief in Whitehall is that you and me and the vast majority of people in the society really want to support the NHS, really want to crack down on this dreadful virus. And actually... We are pretty public-spirited. I think that's true, don't you? I mean, I see the Thursday night clap and every street seems to take it up. It's a a wonderful sense of community. The Health Secretary, Matt Hancock, said to me uh, yesterday it was he's going to call on people's civic duty, but he says it's there. We don't need to call on it so much as just help it. And the the chief of the testing programme, Professor John Newton, told us last night that if you're rung by a contact tracer, you won't be given sort of vague advice. You'll be given clear instructions. And the emphasis was on instructions, which you should follow. And you shouldn't follow your, inverted quotes, instincts. Um, You should simply do what you're told. And I've been reading about potentially local lockdowns, Joe. Is there a possibility that small kind of micro areas could find themselves put into lockdown if there's a number of cases? Yes, this is the really interesting new aspect. So at the moment, we've got a national lockdown where we're all obeying rules not to go out. From next week, the national lockdown eases. We're all allowed out a bit more. Um, During the course of June, there's going to be more shopping, more non-essential shopping, more people going back to work. But the price of ending national lockdown is that we will lose individual or local freedoms in future if there is a flare-up. So the first thing is individual isolation if 
we come into contact with somebody unwittingly who's carrying the virus potentially. But then secondly, and this is what you were talking about, local lockdowns, if as they're bearing down on the virus, they notice there is a tower block where everybody keeps getting it, they could lock down that tower block while they, while they find out what the heck's causing this and bear down on it. I mean, it could be that there is one basic problem in a place where the virus easily spreads, maybe, I don't know, maybe a faulty air conditioning unit, um, or some people who are not behaving responsibly. That could then apply to a housing estate. It could apply to a hospital. In Milton Keynes, a hospital stopped taking new admissions um, because of COVID, and that's a sort of local lockdown. Um, so you're looking at small levels, estates, hotels, hospitals, workplaces... Um, that could be put into special measures, if you like. Next. It does seem to be showing in the stats that actually we're going to end up with people who are slightly fatter, have watched a lot more TV, and who potentially are filled with women slightly angry as they've spent months locked at home doing more housework than their partners. Naomi Ackerman, what have we all really been doing during lockdown? Not writing the great British novel, that's for sure. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you pop over to my Twitter account, at David Marslandia, you'll see a photo of the great construction project my son and I have been working on during this lockdown. It's a paper mache pirate ship, it took us a week, and we're very proud of it. What it's not is a grand work of art. There was an idea that the pandemic would lead to us all being hugely creative, or at least fix the dodgy step on our staircase, but no. The Office for National Statistics has been looking at what people have really been doing and the Evening Standard's Naomi Ackerman has the cold, hard facts. Naomi, what has the top activity been? So it turns out that people have mostly been doing what people feared people would end up doing, which is lying in front of the TV, becoming more and more couch potato-like with every day that lockdown continues. I guess to be fair, there was some great television out there i mean tiger king came out just as this pandemic started there were other tv shows that people could watch but i think the point is that it's quite easy to sort of think about doing something constructive but when it comes down to it it's quite hard to get off the sofa once you're comfy isn't it 
Completely. I also think there's something that is quite paralyzing about anxiety. And if people have been going through a lot of this time, whether it's worried about their job or worried about, you know, their health of their family members or their kids or anything, that can be paralyzing. And actually just zoning out and completely numbing yourself by watching TV can probably feel like the best thing that you can do rather than trying to be the next Tolstoy. Although Tolstoy would be a great thing to try and be. And there's also been some interesting findings from the ONS about how households have been dividing up work, hasn't there? I think commentators were raising this from the start that basically they were worried that the fact that we were suddenly all at home would mean that men's jobs who are often actually the higher earner within a couple anyway would end up being prioritized and that women would end up doing the majority of the household work and the childcare. And the new findings have shown that although men have done more during lockdown, so they've done 22 minutes more housework a day, that actually women are still doing at least an hour more each day. So they're doing three hours and 32 minutes on unpaid labour daily compared to men's two hours and 25 minutes. That is a huge difference, isn't it? How has that happened? I genuinely think it's because, and this is very gendered because I live in a household where my partner is definitely way better than me at doing all forms of housework and he tells me when to do stuff but I think there is a very typical thing where people are just the women might be the one that noticed that the kid hasn't done whatever or that it's time to change the dishwasher that cleaner stuff you put in the dishwasher the sort of things that no one wants to think about and I guess that's probably what happened plus it emerged yesterday that women are more likely to have been furloughed to have lost their jobs which means that if you're the one not working you're also probably the one that's now taking up the majority of household tasks. So I think it's probably a representation of a much bigger issue about women being sidelined at this time. And it's interesting that that's been highlighted then. And so I wonder if that's another one of those things that when this lockdown does eventually pass, people will look at a little bit more you know one of those things that could change i hope it's one of those things that change what i think might change is the result of maybe a lot of men who maybe always went to the office always were constantly just coming back being dad on a friday night or a saturday might realize that actually it's hugely rewarding spending more time with their kids and that maybe they might decide actually that that's a new way in which they want to live that they don't want to not spend time doing housework or that extra 20 minutes that might be an average but maybe a lot of men are actually doing way more than that i think that could be a positive change although that's definitely putting a spin on it so one thing i did notice was that a lot of people have been doing a lot of gardening but i do wonder if that's because garden centers are one of the first places to open rather than you know i need to really finish that thing i did in the garden it was more kind of this is a thing i can actually do I think it's become a huge thing, especially among younger people. So I know that a lot of my friends in London are now planting gardens and the little like the bits, you know, the little spaces in the street around where trees are. Maybe people have found it's a hugely calming task. And also now that they're at home more, there's just more opportunity to try it. I read an interesting BBC report that was saying that the seed sales, you know, of like seeds for plants for I think for even like growing your own food were the highest they've been since the Depression. Even after World War II, we didn't see as big a rise in the number of seeds being bought. So out of all this, we could have a, a beautiful London with a bit more gender equality. That is the dream, although it does seem to be showing in the stats that actually we're going to end up with people who are slightly fatter, have watched a lot more TV and who potentially are filled with women slightly angry as they've spent months locked at home doing more housework than their partners. So I think it's, um, I think we have to be hopeful is the, the conclusion, I think. Have you done one great creative thing, Naomi? I built a pirate ship 
What have you done? I learned how to make very good Nigella Lawson banana bread. She has the best recipe where you soak raisins in rum, like literally rum for several hours. And they literally, they soak up all the rum. And I've also, well, I, I started a podcast. So that was my thing. Do feel free to send me any of your own amazing creative projects. And that is the Leader Coronavirus Daily. You can keep up with all the latest COVID-19 developments with the Evening Standards live blog, which you'll find at standard.co.uk. And we also have morning briefings available at 7am through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from the Evening Standard. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm. Thank you.